Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe at your free throws because they are free. Fisher, Disciples, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. It's Monday, July 17th. Gentlemen, how are you guys today? It's Monday. It's good. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm chilling. Cool. 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 Good, good to hear. Good to see it. Uh, uh, tossed with the mustache on the Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Carlos Alcaraz, who won Wimbledon yesterday and beat Novak Djokovic. Uh, Joker had won four Wimbledons in a row. Car- Carlos Alcaraz is 20 years old and. Novak won his first major when he was 20. Carlos won his first major when he was 19. He has a U.S. Open and Wimbledon uh, already under his belt. They're about to go play the U.S. Open. So if he wins that back-to-back, just an interesting thing. If this guy is healthy and here to stay, like this is the type of guy that can be the next wave, the next type of player like Novak, like, fed and and like nadal um just pretty impressive he had only played on grass like five times in his really yeah so to pick up to pick up being able to play at that level that quickly and to beat novak who's like let's be honest he's he's 36 but he's still very much in his prime he's well he's he was the number two player going into the world yeah uh or going into this term he's number two player in the world this kid is number one in the world novak won wimbledon when he was 24 and that was the first year where he had been the ATP's number one ranked player in the world. So Alcaraz has already gotten Wimbledon faster than him, and he has already been the number one player ranked in the world much faster than him four years prior. Um, so just a couple of comps out there. And obviously I think Novak's sustained longevity and dominance is why a lot of tennis players would consider him the GOAT right now, just because – he was able to do it for such a long time and, and not get severely injured throughout that run. Um, and he still has more majors to win for sure. Like he's not, he's not slowing down. I, I expect some sort of like LeBron esque Tom Brady esque run for him into his early forties. I would say Tiger um, until he, or Joker. Until he can't Joker. do it. Yeah. I'm saying Joker. Yeah. Joker. Yeah. yeah. I was saying Tiger for Carlos though. The young type run where, you know, at least it seemed like for Joker for Federer and Adad, they all had each other throughout the entirety of their careers. But for Alcaraz, he'll have – he right yeah. now, he's the young guy to come through. I'm sure there will there'll always right. be guys. Right, we're probably besmirching come. a couple of guys that are pretty talented. And he, it like, seems like he's a, he's head and shoulders, Troy Palomalu, a bit above everyone else. And I wanted to give a shout-out to a friend of the show, Nacho Arenas, uh, who trained with him in Spain when he was like 16. He's known Carlos his whole life. Whoa. He, I wish I, I wish he had hey, told how me. How old was Carlos, though? Dude, Carlos was no. Car, since Carlos was sixteen. Oh, Carlos was sixteen. Okay. Oh, so yeah, so yeah, yeah. Just, just no, no, no. from sixteen till now. No, 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 no. Like he's known not Carlos his whole life, but like long. Like maybe sixteen is like like I'm undershooting it. He's known him for a really long time. He delivered Carlos. I, pretty much, he was there. Well, I think he did the bris. Uh, the. He, 
uh, he's good with a knife. The Nacho is a great tennis player, a uh, great athlete, and he is Spanish, uh, and he's known Carlos forever, and he's Carlos has stayed with him. Uh, he's worked training with Carlos and other, and other tennis players overseas. So he's and he's been at matches uh, where he's won, I, I think, major tournaments. So uh, I wish, and he was telling, he's been telling me about him for years, and I wish he was telling you about it, Alex, because you like tennis a lot more than I did. And I was just like, all right, whatever. Like, and now we're here, and this kid's unbelievable. I'm like, wow. Like, it's one of those moments where, like, you know, we could have been the Brian Windhorse for this kid, but we missed the boat. <laughs> we missed the no, boat. I, I mean, I do like tennis, but I also just like legacy and dominance in sports. And I, I think it's really exciting. I mean, we talked a lot about Barry Bonds last week. We've been talking a lot about Shohei Otani this entire MLB season and his entire career. Like, there just feels like I'll, we're at the point where, at least in our lifetime, like guys like LeBron, guys like Federer, Nadal, you mentioned Tiger Woods. Like a lot of these guys are are already retired or are about to retire, and there's a new wave of um, talented athletes to come up. And yeah, I get excited about what their potential legacy could be in, in a sport like tennis where it's all about the majors, it's all about the big wins, and this guy has two of them, um, and he's not even – he just turned 20 in May. Like he literally just turned 20. Um, and drink just, illegally in the United States. Exactly. He's going to maybe win the U.S. Open – here in the in the fall and he might not be able to drink at that one he would have won two u.s opens and not been able to celebrate with an alcoholic beverage after the fact so legal, just, legally legally right right hey, well yeah, they, in, they do in, make fake ids in spain as well i'm sure but um, well, i think yeah. in spain the drinking age is 18 no i know i'm just i'm just saying that you know fake ids exist everywhere uh yeah, but it's Carlos cool. had a fake id that said mclovin Dude, McLove is, is getting a lot of run. He's on some – there's some new, like, maybe ABC or Fox show that he where it's, like, a bunch of celebrities stuck um, in Arizona, but they're pretending that they're in space. And I don't know what the show is called, but basically a guy came up to – I think he was from, like, Real Housewives or Vanderpump or something. He came up to McLovin. He was like, I'm not going to call McLovin, but, like, dude, I love your work. Um, I respect you a lot. You're hilarious. And then Marshawn Lynch was Marshall. like, yo, McLovin, what's, what's up, up? McLovin? Yeah, I saw that. Really funny. That's amazing. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's one of those roles where you really never have to do anything again. I know he did role models, but it's one of those things where you can just hang your hat on and be like, that was, that's like, you know, I don't know. I don't need another hit. I'm McLovin. And that's, that's <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're talking about greatness. Let's keep it going. Uh, one of the best QBs to ever do it. And he's also a very young man is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and he's number one on a lot of people's lists. And I kind of wanted to go through our quarterback list. Cause those are ever changing. Uh, you know, we're in the middle of July NFL season's right around the corner. Uh, and I wanted to get kind of a, kind of get a grasp of where you guys heads are at. Like, you know, who's your top 10, where do you have guys ranked? Um, and, and really see what we have going ahead to the season. So number one, are we all in agreement that it's uh, Mr. Yeah. Mahomes? Okay. Yeah, 100%. Cool. What about number two? Or is everyone staying? I feel like we're all on the same page, but was there any objection to Mr. Burrow being number two? Nope. Okay. No objections not, here, Your Honor. Not, not for me. Oh, not for me. Okay. Not for me either. Uh, where are we at at number three? I think this is where things get a little interesting. What are you guys feeling for number well, three? Well, is this 
is it a predictive list? Are we saying like by the end of next season? Are we saying going into this season? Going like, in, where... going into the, I, I going into this season. The predictive lists are a little tricky. I, I, go, like going into the season, I'm gonna go Jalen Hurts. I think I also have Jalen Hurts as my number three. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm like water in this segment. I'm trying to be fluid. I'm trying to be here and discuss, and I, I can't. I can't argue against Jalen Hurts because if you go down the line for the remaining young quarterbacks, he's the only one that's been to a Super Bowl. And yeah, the newest Super Bowl. He's going into this next season healthy. It's not like his team is getting worse. They're getting better, especially on the offensive side. I expect even one more offseason with A.J. Brown is going to make him look even better as a quarterback. We've seen how much he's gotten better each year as a passer. I, I believe that that will continue to improve. So it's yeah, it's hard not to put him at three. I it's tough. Unless Everyone else, I have a, I have a slight question mark about, and you know they're all in the mix for that number three spot and could could turn our heads. It could at least turn my head. Um, uh, there's two guys I don't have. That's interesting that you bring up the question mark. There's two guys I don't have question marks about. Um, and who are they? But I don't know. If, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. Yep. I reposted our Lawrence versus Herbert little shindig this morning on, on TikTok. Uh, we'll be bringing the Jacksonville Trevor Lawrence fan. He'll come back and feature on the show uh, sometime this, this uh, summer, which will be exciting. Uh, great dude, a little gross. Um, and, but I, to me, those guys I don't have question marks on. They're just, they were just been young and, or bad coaching uh, at times. I really think that, Herbert to me shows up and shows out. Uh, and then Trevor Lawrence from the second half of last year was pretty exceptional. Um, and the dude's a proven winner. Um, so those guys, I don't have question marks. I don't know if they're my four five per se, because I don't know if they're ceiling well, as, as high as some of the other guys that, that we could throw out and throw into the mix. But those are the two that I, other two that I don't have question marks on. Yeah. I mean, it's not uh, question marks on the individuals themselves, but rather sometimes the circumstances that they're playing in that would disallow them from being the number three spot where I have hurts. Like it's, it's circumstantial for, for each guy, obviously I'm not, I'm not disputing their talent. I have Herbert as four on my list personally. I, did, I would say that as well. And then I'd consider Lawrence as five. I have him as five. I think we're all this. I think we're very aligned here. I have zero. I'm with it. I'm with it wholeheartedly i'm happy with herbert at four i'm happy with lawrence at five like i think we'll go. i really think this is gonna sound crazy i think i at six and i know I, I was harsh on him for for a large part of the season but when he plays he is the mvp and the team is amazing and if everyone's healthy going into the season they add odell beckham jr uh they add zay flowers i J.K. Dobbins is back healthy. I think Lamar is number six for me. Yeah, I can't question that. Availability, though, it's the one thing. But, I mean, when he's on the field, yeah, of course. Yeah, I had. I, I don't have him at six. I have him at seven. Um, you have Josh Allen at six? No, I have Aaron Rodgers at six. Hmm. I, I'll, I'll probably take Josh Allen at seven and Aaron Rodgers at eight for his number in New York. Okay. I'm kind I of – I had Josh Allen at eight. I like Lamar at six. I really do. And I think, I think the thing I'm, 
I think we're being a little harsh maybe on Allen, but he really underwhelmed when the lights were the brightest last year. That game against Cincinnati was was pretty bad. And I think there's been a lot of games where he is so amazing and so talented. He's truck-sticking people. He's running wild. His arm is electric. But then he's overthrowing guys. Uh, There's Aaron passes, lots of heavy incompletions. And he's a guy that can go, you know, 24 of 28 with like, four passing touchdowns and then another 70 on the ground. But he's also a guy that can go 17 of 36 and just start airmailing and, and really have bad games. And I don't see that from Rogers. And I don't think Lamar really has that. Um, Rogers though was unimpressive and he's going to a new team. So I would lean Allen seven Rogers eight, but that's probably a tie for me quite frankly. Yeah. Rogers mine now. is just like, who do I trust the most out of those three guys? And I trust Aaron Rodgers the most wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, we have the same three guys just in a different order. So I think, does it get interesting at nine ten? who are your guys is nine tens. Who's like in the mix for nine ten? I think you're looking at guys like probably like Dak, like Dak, Kirk cousins, depending on how you feel about Russell Wilson. Goff. Yeah. yeah. Is Maybe. Stafford is Stafford going to come back healthy-ish and return to form? Does Fields make I, a big jump? Uh, is Tua is Tua fully healthy? Mm. Tua. Which which to me the the least again the least amount of question marks. I have Dak at nine. Just based off. I of, like that. He's on, he's on the field. He's incredibly productive. I know he had some turnover woes last year, but I, I trust the guy based off of his career um, to have him at the nine slot. I have Dak. I would do Dak nine, Cousins 10. I'm a Cousins guy. I am. I, I don't like, I don't do think a lot cousins. of, I do love my cousins. I don't think cousins. a lot. I, still, I, I think he, he, like, we were looking at his numbers. Yes, we were watching me and our boy Gitlin, uh, and I guess our boy George, but um, he's not, I don't think he was really watching. We watched episode one of the quarterback yesterday, mm. yeah, on Netflix. Really good. The Mariota inclusion is a little confusing, but hey, it, you know, it highlighted how good he was in college. And Arthur Smith, shout out to his family, made an appearance. So, uh, cousins though. And uh, Mahomes, obviously, we know what Mahomes is, and Mahomes isn't surprise. But Cousins, like as nerdy and as goofy as he can be, he he's kind of a warrior, and he really takes some licks. And we looked at his numbers, and I think he's thrown 250 touchdowns in his career to only 100 interceptions. Not bad. It's, it's not rough. bad at all, man. He's pretty good, and it. it that 10 spot, I would go him, but obviously Stafford, Russ, Goff, those guys could jump in from Tua. So, I think that was a great mention. I think Tua could yeah. Tua could jump <laughs> in the top seven if he's fully healthy in this offense. Yeah. I'm throwing I'm throwing two in at 10 just for that reason. If he's healthy, yes. And I'm I'm cool with Dak at nine just because he's proven, but Goff for me is close. I'm with the he Goff being close. He is close, but is he better than Kirk Cousins? No, he's not in my not in my opinion. I I will say, Josh, I was I, last I year. He had better stats last year. 
He did have better stats last year. That is true. But Kirk wasn't bad, though. Kirk was no. a very solid quarterback last year. Uh, Josh, is this is this a series where they're rolling out episodes, or did they release it all in one <clears throat> one go? It's it's Netflix, so I think it's all in one shot. One right? go, Netflix, yeah. Netflix is a one go not, stop. Not always, but most of the time, yeah. Um, do you think that people are going to feel differently about Kirk Cousins after what you watched and after they watched this series? Yeah, I think so because – oh, we got music in the background. I think we got – it was. I think uh, for me, Cousins, he comes across – he comes across great. I, I think that he's like – he. Look, I don't think any of these three guys are surprising. I think Mariota is a nice guy, a little boring. Uh, Mahomes is fiery, competitive, very family-oriented. Uh, his wife obviously plays a major part uh, in, in episode one. Uh, Cousins' his wife, though, Cousins is pretty cookie-cutter, but I think he comes across like you really see his side of like the Washington draft night. Not to spoil too much, but like he, he, he thought that was the last team he'd go to. And he was kind of disappointed, and his draft night was kind of underwhelming because he's like, "Damn, I'm, I'm automatically going to be a backup for my first four years of my career unless I show out and kill it in the preseason." So he's always been kind of batting from behind, and like he's really, and he hasn't hit the mountaintop yet. And he, all these things that people say about him, like Kirk Cousins can't deliver in prime time, Kirk Cousins, you know, doesn't show out in big games, Kirk Cousins doesn't win in the playoffs, like all these things. You they, you see how much they weigh on him. Hmm. He's not like oh f the media and f these people for like saying this about me. He feels it too. Like he's like literally his is a bit more somber. He's haunted by like the losses. I think he say he says and the Aaron throws like and he brings up plays where he missed guys and you see him like what it's like to learn a new offense and so on and so forth. And I think that he's. He's he becomes across as much more likable, and I think there's no starting the two starting quarterbacks in my opinion that have gotten the toughest way to go have been Dak and him over the last five years. I think Dak has gotten a really, really, and these are two fourth round picks, guys that were not supposed to be franchise quarterbacks when you right. look at how they're drafted. We know why Dak has that. It's because he plays for the Cowboys. Anyone who is quarterbacking the Cowboys is going to get an extra amount of scrutiny and have it tougher than anyone else in the NFL. I mean, Tony Romo, same thing, undrafted guy, a guy who was not supposed to be drafted and be as good as he was, took a ton of scrutiny. Yeah, especially guys that who are drafted or undrafted um, at that level with the expectation being lower, as soon as they perform at a high level, then the expectation completely changes, especially in a market like Nick saying for the Cowboys, but that's cool, man. I, that I like hearing that about Kirk because I feel like, you know, he's not one of the most beloved quarterbacks. He is a highly criticized quarterback. He is not the swaggiest quarterback. You know, he's got media moments out there of like him wearing the chain last year, which like was basically a lot of people were making fun of him, right? Like we're making fun of him, but also like laughing with him. And then he has the, you like that moment, which people are like, Oh yeah. Like, they don't consider it in the same level of Philip Rivers talking smack, but never cussing. Like we thought that that was cool. And we thought that the, you like that moment from Kirk was lame. Like lame is a, is a word that pops into my head when thinking about Kirk cousins in the way that the media has portrayed him to be. So um, 
yeah, to get real with it, which it sounds like this this doc series will do. We'll get very real with it and why he is the way he is. Is uh, it's cool to see, man. And yeah, in the off season, his the number one wide receiver for a lot of people in the NFL said that he wasn't a top five quarterback, right? Like, and and he's not, right? We just had him as the number ten, and Nick, you had him outside the top ten, but like we're making a list objectively. This guy plays with the same guy on his team. Like you would expect that sometimes a wide receiver would give some extra love to their QB. So uh, yeah, he's, he's always had the odds stacked against him. Yeah. I think that the Jefferson thing is it's kind of a, it's kind of a tricky path for Jefferson. Like everyone for knows sure. his quarterback's not a top five quarterback. So Jefferson's saying that's not his fault, but at the same time, like I knew cousins had to come out and it's a statement. He's like, well, I don't, I think that Kirk, I think Addison's going to help. I think it'll help replace Thielen, but he's a bit more athletic. I think a full year with Hawkinson is nice. Um, I think Madison, hopefully, I'm I'm a little worried about their run game, a little bit. But, like, Leonard Fournette's still out there. Like, they could, if they really want, like, a you know, a viable backup behind Madison who's had some playoff experience in a championship, I think playoff Lenny is, you know, a good guy that they're bringing in the next. But yeah, I mean, you pretty much see like, okay, Mariota is a great college quarterback that just didn't work out in the NFL. Mahomes is Mahomes. Uh, but yeah, guys like, I mean, like, I think I bring Nick, you're right. Dak gets a tough way to go because he's in the Cowboys media. But I think coming back from his group, his injury, remember his, his injury was so gruesome that he came back with the ankle it was so bad, worked his way back and played at a high level. Everything with his brother's suicide, like the guy has had a lot to deal with mentally himself now off the field and you know I, I think how valiant he's been I, I and he's got two head coaches now now multiple offensive coordinators I think that multiple running backs you know Zeke is obviously heavily criticized like yes it is the Dallas team they're going to be under the microscope I'm curious if get a full season of Gallup cooks in the mix the new tight ends uh Jalen Talbert like I think this I think this Cowboys offense can really fly. So I think that this is the year that Dak puts it together for me. Um, but I think Tua is a good pick at 10. I think if he's fully healthy with Waddle, uh Achain at, at he, from AM, I think it's gonna be nice. So and, and what obviously about, uh, What about Ryan Tannehill? Where is he on the list? Uh, you know, like twenties, yeah. But like the thing is is like Last year they weren't good. The year before they were the number one seed in the AFC. Like some, and they they weren't I mean, good. Henry was also going for two thousand yards, right? Was this year year before? Um, let me. I'll double check. Is this that. you rationalizing the hop trade? I want to hear all the how I'm rational because I I need him personally. I mean, their odds stayed exactly the same when he signed with them, so I don't really see. I mean, I get it. Like, sure. Like, go out and add him. See what you can do. I mean, you've got one year left of Derrick Henry. Let's see if you can kind of take a division that's up for grabs. But, you know, for DeAndre, if he's looking to chase, you know, a Super Bowl or try to get a ring or add to the legacy, you're making so many lateral moves. I mean, obviously, it wasn't his choice to go to Arizona. It wasn't his choice to go to Houston. He got drafted by Houston. But seems like a guy who's just never going to get playoff experience. 
Yeah. Um, to Nick, that was the year Henry, the year before had went for 2000 yards. Uh, last year he got hurt and only played half the season and then came back, I think for the playoff game against the Bengals, but was not at full tilt, but their defense is good. They have Rabel. Like my rationalizing of it is they signed him to a two year, $26 million deal. Not like a, it's not chump change. And no. I think my gut check with Bill and the Patriots, I don't think they wanted to give him more than a year would be my presumption. Cause I think Bill, a lot of the free agents that he didn't love when he signed some big class and that big class a couple years ago are coming off the books this off season. So I think obviously there's guys that he likes and he wants to pay. And I don't know if he wants to have $13 million tied up or more money guaranteed tied up in DeAndre Hopkins next year. When DeAndre Hopkins is, you know, he's 31. He's played 19. And I know part of it's suspension, but he's played 19 games the last two years. Um, and he's look, he's amazing when he's fully healthy. He's, he's a hall of fame receiver, but I, I don't, know who else i think everyone else's receiver rooms are kind of set and i think that hop you know took the money where he could uh got paid by the titans if he's playing well and they suck they could trade him right and then he could go to a contender worse comes to worse um but i they could be good they could be good like they could like Traylon burks was a guy that like all right like yeah like you should not have traded aj brown we all know that but He's good. He was good in Arkansas, and he wasn't healthy last year. He could be a really good wide receiver. Could he be Kevin White? Maybe, but he could be a good wide receiver. You know, Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry's fully fully healthy, he's Derrick Henry. Uh, they drafted a good rookie running back in 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 in, in, in Tajay. So I think uh, from Tulane. So I think like, you know, all of a sudden like, the Titans are in a division where they're they are for sure at worst. Second, the second best team. They're better than the Colts, in my opinion, without question. There's too many question marks. The Colts. I don't know about that. I don't think it's without a question because this Colts team was a good team a couple years ago as well. And they had a lot of injuries and they obviously were really bad last year, but we like their coach, right? First, first year head coach who did great things in Philly. Uh, we looked at, we'd like the running back if he's healthy we like their defense. They still have a pretty decent O-line. So I wouldn't necessarily say that it's without a question that they're better than the Colts. I would say without a question better than the Texans, but that's probably it. Yeah, I, I mean, there's either, too many either, question marks on the Colts for me right now. And they were either, decent. Either way, too. even if they are better than the Colts, how many other teams in the AFC are they not better than? That's the That's, to me, the more important thing. You just... You're the Charlotte Hornets, and you just traded for Paul George. Great. Like, what does that really do? What did you really do? Did they? No. Yeah. No, but we did not just break that news. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's my that's my comp though. Is like, and and okay, maybe I'm besmirching the Titans before they're getting DeAndre Hopkins, but in re- in regards to them being a true contender to beat the AFC, which we know at this point is way more of a gauntlet than the NFC, and I trust Vrabel as a head coach. But to me, the guaranteed money, great. The, the bonus incentives of $6 million 
If he gets 10, 50 yards, if he gets 10 touchdowns and 95 catches each season, he gets an additional 3 million each year. Um, but guess what? Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback. Do I think that you're going to get those numbers? Maybe the yards touchdowns would be tough and the catches also pretty tough. Like this is a team whose identity is built on running the football. I, yeah. I just, I get it. It feels like if you're Deandre Hopkins, like go, go make a one year deal and then like put that as, as your, your proof to show people, Hey, I'm worth one more contract right now at the end of this two year con- maybe, maybe, maybe he wants to retire in two years. I don't know. Like there's a lot of considerations obviously that he and his camp are making, but um, it fits from a football standpoint, but from a, from a him going and chasing a ring standpoint, it doesn't fit to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he didn't go to Kansas city. Then I think there's like 12 to 10 teams in the AFC that are better than them. 10 to 12 teams. The entire AFC East, the entire AFC North, the Chiefs, the Chargers, Jags. That's already 11 teams right there. But I wouldn't be surprised if they were on par with the Browns, the Steelers, and the Pats if things didn't go well for those teams. Like they play the Texans twice. It should be two wins. And I'm, I looked. I don't. I think the Texans are going to be better. Sure, they played, they played I, the Texans twice. Should be two wins, but they still won seven games last season. The Titans did. Yeah, the Titans, and they and the, they played the Colts too. So only yeah. only had seven seven wins that season. I think yeah, Tannehill had some injuries. He didn't play that last game. Josh Dobbs did, and Josh Dobbs, admittedly, I think, unbusted with the boys. Even said that he kind of stunk. Um, look, I, they do won twelve games. That- do we even know that Tannehill's their guy? Because I mean, they drafted Will Levis. They have they have Malik. I don't. I think Malik Willis is not their guy because they drafted. No, I know. Him. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, they're they've got a quarterback room. Like, I'm sure it's going to be kind of an open competition, right? Yeah. Well, you want it to be. You take Levis. If Levis is the best guy coming out of camp, he's the best guy coming out of camp. You got to ride with that. They don't, I think they're in a position where, like you're saying, that there are there are teams expected to be a lot better than them, and you don't have the leniency to like your team's not young either like henry's not getting younger like he's a guy that we thought could be traded obviously you bring in deandre hopkins you know you have a couple byards like you know a stud of safety but it's not like he's a spring i mean he's in the middle jeffrey simmons though they have guys on defense too like landry simmons like you know caleb fairly we'll see how he can be uh for, for them christian fulton like they have got they have some names in the defense so i'm curious to see how Vrabel puts that together um, but it is, it just seems like I, if I was him and I wanted to win, like I would go to Kansas city, but I don't, I just don't know if he's that guy either. Like if he would have been like, all right, I'm just going to go join the, the reigning champs, like in, in ring chase. Like, I don't know if he's that kind of dude. I mean, you did say that he loves barbecue and Kansas city has got some good barbecue. So, so does Nashville, but you know, it's kind of one, a one B there when it comes to BBQ. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's different <laughs> in football when you're going to quote unquote chase a ring, right. Than it is in like basketball where it's like you go and form a big three or go and form a super team. Like in football, if you're a wide receiver, at least you want to go play with the best quarterback possible, not necessarily to just chase a ring, but also to help you cement yourself into the hall of fame. If you're a guy that's trying to continue to build that, if mm-hmm. his career ended today, 
I do believe eventually he'd be a Hall of Famer, but I don't know if he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? And he he needs, I mean, the injuries aside and suspension, um, he needs to have a couple of more big seasons. And if he has Mahomes with him, right? I mean, that's how much better can you get? And of course, Andy Reid too, like putting together a game plan that can get the best out of him. I don't necessarily think that like chasing you know, or, or joining the the reigning champs is kind of a thing in the NFL that is that's the same as it is in the NBA. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm like, I think it's I think it's valid. Um, I'm looking. I just wanted to see where he ranks all time in receiving yards. He's 36 right now, first among the, among amongst active players. With like, I mean, technically Julio, like Julio, Julio's ahead of him, but he's first amongst active players. Um, he'll he has a thousand yards this season. He'll jump to twenty sixth. He'll have jumped Cap Megatron, who retired early. Michael Irvin, Heinz Ward, uh, Antonio. Wow, Antonio Antonio Gates has more receiving yards than Calvin Johnson. Shout out to. Shout out to Antonio Gates. Uh, and then he'll be right behind A.B., Brandon Marshall, Witten, Art Monk, Art Monk those guys. Uh, Torrey Holt, I mean, God, disrespected, disrespected Torrey Holt. Um, but he'll be in that mix there. So if he has 2,000-yard seasons, uh, he'll jump up, you know, to that 1,300 range, and he'll be a, he'll be a top 20 receiver uh, of all time by the time he's 32, and then he'll try 13, to add 13,000. 13,000, yeah. Crazy, it's a lot of receiving. I mean, hey, maybe they went. He went into negotiations with the Titans, and they were like, "You're getting 12 targets a game, man. Like, we're peppering you." True. And I don't know if he gets that in New England. Like, I really don't. Like, you can't yeah, they trust. Might, they might not even throw the ball 12 times in New England. <laughs> I hope they do. God, what was it? There was the one game that Mac Jones threw the ball once, right? We won two two years ago. Two years ago now. Still. That was rookie, rookie Mac, though. I mean, you got to let the guy throw a little bit. Like, you're just not – you have to. You have to at this point. Yeah. No, I mean, maybe um, he just felt like he had more leverage with the negotiations and, like, with his role on the team. Because, you know, Bill's not really going to gonna bend too much. But I also know – and everybody knows how, how impressed Bill has always been with DeAndre Hopkins. And – that would have been a re- he would have been a real difference maker for y'all's team, Josh, in that division. Um, but he will be a difference maker, obviously, with the Titans. And I don't know. I mean, fantasy implications. Like, are y'all interested in having him on your roster as a as a wide receiver too? Mm, maybe Not a three. Two. Yeah, three. I'm cool with him as my three. I'm taking two. a flyer. You know, I'm with Nick. S- seeing where he falls. I did see something on Twitter that he might have the worst jerseys in his career, worst, worst uniforms from a player in his career, Houston, Arizona, that. Tennessee, pretty so ugly bad. uniforms. Not a great combo. Um, yeah. I would say for, from a fantasy perspective for me, DeAndre Hopkins, like I would rather have one of the guys in the more quote unquote crowded wide receiver rooms. My wide receiver. I'd rather have T Higgins as my wide receiver too, than DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, yeah. I'd rather have Devonta, as my wide receiver too than DeAndre Hopkins. I'd probably rather have, I know Waddle's numbers are a bit skewing because he sometimes has massive games 
and sometimes has games where he's like nowhere to be found and plus Tua. But I'd still probably rather have Jalen Waddle than DeAndre Hopkins as my wide receiver too. Yeah. And I know not many guys. I think that's fair. I think like if it's a two wide receiver, one flex league, or it's a three wide receiver league, like that wide receiver three, that flex position, like that's a great guy to have in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hot. real quick, I, I, yeah, I did want to say though, before just one more point to bill, I still think deep down in a weird way, I think he'd rather have Dalvin than Hopkins. I think getting Dalvin cook is more on his radar than Deandre Hopkins. Weirdly for me, if I'm like running the pass and I'm thinking like him, keep him away from Miami, keep him away from the jets and the bills, like all the other teams in your division are rumored to get him, keep them away from him. And you have Ramondre Stevenson and Dalvin Cook, arguably the best running back duo on the league. And then you can run play action and just run the football. I said argue. I said argue. I said arguably. Arguably is fair. I didn't say best. All right. Let's get, let's go here. Um, Stan Pat, if you don't think they're going to do anything, sell low, sell heavy, buy low, buy heavy. I don't even want to play this game to be honest. Why? Because the my team is is oh suck it up. Poo poo. So I feel bad. It sucks. I feel bad. It sucks. I'll say that. Like I was thinking about it, not even talking to you or either of you. I was just driving the other day, and I literally had a thought. I'm like, wow. If I was him, I'd be. I would be really, really pissed. Thanks. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're talking um, MLB. Right. We're talking second half of the season. Yes, sir. Okay, let's go through. Sorry, American give League. me the give me the options one more time. Here are the options: buy big, buy low. Buy big meaning you like they go out and get a big name, or they're trying to. Buy low means they go and get some like pieces, but not like you're not getting the you're not getting Otani, you're not getting Snell, you're not getting Hater. Like you go buy buy like a lower end. Tim Anderson, Lance Lynn, like the White Sox lower level guys. Uh, Stan Pat, they don't do anything. They chill. They're happy with what they got. They're going to ride it out into the sunset. Solo, they like break off like a little pieces. Like the Cardinals sell Montgomery, Jordan Hicks, but they don't sell Arenado or Goldschmidt. Sell heavy like the White Sox. They do sell Cease. They do sell Giolito. All right. Cool. Tampa Bay Rays. Mm, I think they buy low. They okay. don't the, like Orioles are kind of sniffing their butthole right now. It's it's close. You know, it's, it's they're closing the gap. So they need to at least get themselves a couple more pieces to get them over the hump. I don't think it's kind of sniffing their butthole. I think it's like yeah, they're in their walls. They're in that asshole right now. Wolf of Wall Street. One of the opening scenes: DiCaprio snorting coke out the ass. Like that. That's how high they're in there. They're really in there. I. So do you think they get spooked and like get involved in the Otani thing, or they don't want to give up the the juice? I don't know. I mean, it's not really on brand for what they do. They've never really been the type of team that goes out and makes a huge splash like that and gets rid of the guys in their organization, their farm, because they, they're they such a homegrown team mm-hmm. that, I mean, and they've got a great farm year in and year out. So they might just kind of stay the course. Okay. What? That's interesting. That's an, <clears throat> an 
They're in, they are in first uh, and do have the best record in the American League. Orioles right behind them. Uh, Toss, we'll start with you. What do you think the Orioles do? Stamp hat. Mm. <coughs> they have a young, have right. a young team. They're not, they're not tied up money-wise in a lot of different guys. I agree. Um, I, what's, what's left to do except coast on your young talent and like they're eating right now. You just said it. They're, they are sniffing the Rays. Like they're doing exactly what they need to do, and way more than that right now. I think if they add anything, it's an arm. A rental arm, right? An, or, or even in a controllable arm, you know, like they go out and maybe try to see what they can get for Corbin Burns or something like that. Um, who's not having like the best year, but you know, I, I think he had, a, he had a pretty good weekend. I think he punched he did. 11 dudes. He did. He did. He, he punched him right in the right in the kisser. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think pitching would be the, the big thing that they need to add there. But Toss is right. I mean, the team is so young, they've well overachieved this season. Um, I mean, they're in the mix right now. They're they got the second best record in the AL, and um, if this team can continue to do that year in and year out, don't move any pieces around. You know, yeah, let them you don't continue. need to give anything up when you know, like right now, you're making the playoffs. Go to the playoffs, put up a good fight, keep the momentum riding. Maybe even something more than that happens, and then next year when you're there again, okay, now we can buy low, or now hey, we can make a big splash move if we want. Hey, you got the number one prospect in baseball too. <laughs> so you yeah. good really good position that the Orioles are in right now. I'd argue maybe the best position that anyone in baseball right now. Mm, okay. Let's go Jays, Sox, Yankees in that order. What do you guys think? I could see the Jays buying low. Sox are probably gonna sell low. And uh, Yankees, I don't know. I don't know. I'm t- I'm Nick. Will you have any instincts on the on the Yankees? I mean, the Yankees are the Yankees. I think they buy big. I think they try they to go out and do you know what they can. Otherwise, they're going to burn New York down if they don't really try. Because uh, there's only two. I mean, Yankees and Boston are both only two games out of the wild card. So it's not it's not impossible to go out and and uh, seize that. I I think Yankees are going to try really hard to. Either get Otani or maybe try to get Soto if he's available. Mm. I I say we actually are. I say we we make good friends with the Cardinals. We're in that Montgomery, Jordan Hicks, Jack Flaherty range. I'm speaking of the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox go after one of those three arms. Maybe in, in, in look like in a in a good setting, we we get two of those, which would be which would be amazing. Um, what about let's go the whole AL Central. Top down twins, guardians, tigers, socks of Chicago and uh, Kansas City Royals. I mean, it's in fire cell for uh, Chicago White Sox and everybody. Yeah, everyone. I don't think anyone's unavailable. I think you listen to any offer on the table, even for Luis Robert. Um, I mean, it's it's going to take a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot to get him, but you listen to everyone on anything. I don't think he's going to get moved, but I'm just saying Uh, Kansas city. I mean, besides like Bobby Witt jr. Like, you know, you listen and then Detroit, I mean, they're young too, but besides, you know, Spencer, um, Tolkerson, right. Yeah. You listen. And then I think Cleveland, you listen as well. Um, I mean, Jose Ramirez is a guy that like has been with him for so long and is on such a team friendly deal that you can get a lot for him. 
I mean, he could really make a big difference to a lot of teams that are headed to the playoffs. And then Minnesota, just, you know, stand your ground, I guess. Maybe add a couple of pieces here and there. Buy low. Yeah, I like that. Bieber's out. McKenzie's out. Like the what makes the Guardians so great? Like they had, they just don't have that going for them right now. Um, I think the Ramirez and a team friendly deal. Like you could really, you could really get an arm and a leg from him. Like looking at a team like you know maybe one of the NLS teams like the Giants, yeah. Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah, like suck their farm dry. Absolutely suck them dry. Um, okay, let's uh, close with the AL West because I think we're uh, running a little low on time here. Um, let's go AL West. The Jurors, the Strohs, the Mariners, the Angels, which I obviously want to delve into more, and, of course, the Oakland Athletics. Toss, you want to start off? It's your team. Um, like buying but the lowest of low. Like I think because we made the Chapman move. So I maybe we bring in one other guy that can like platoon or another arm that can just throw a little out of the pen or something like that. But um, we've made half the move already. So um, buy low, 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 low. Yeah, yeah I'm with I you. Think, There's not really any big splashes that you really need to make. I think the Strohs are in the same boat. I think they try to see who's available starting pitching wise. Like I know we've talked about Scherzer, but he's got that $43 million player option for next year you know it's like who wants that on the books like that's a lot on the books so i don't, I don't know if they and if he be, really is available i think they look around if you're the strohs if snell becomes available i think you're willing to like mortgage the farm to get him because they need something like that him and valdez would be exciting um mariners i think just Sam kind Pat, of chill Pat. like I mean, I would say sell on some of the guys that are a little bit older that are on rental type deals, but I mean, they've got a good core. I think this year, like they just kind of underachieved. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people were like, okay, this is a young core that can be exciting, kind of like what Baltimore is, but it just didn't happen. And I don't think that it's too far out of sight. Like they can make it happen next year, right? Like get these guys some more experience, you know, make some adjustments for J-Rod. I mean, they've got Luis Castillo who could end up being a Cy Young candidate at some point in his career. You know I mean? I mean, he has been in his career, but like actually win the Cy Young. Um, So I think they kind of stand their ground and try to retool a little bit in terms of like their farm. I agree. I think Gilbert, Kirby, they lost Robbie Ray. That kind of derailed things. Like next year, they should have a good rotation. I think their bullpen lacked a bit this year to be a true contender. So I think going into the offseason with that, the Angels, um, I'll tease it because we're going to wrap up here. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll just do a whole segment on it. Otani, it looks like it's going to happen. It looks pretty much like it, it pretty much they've all but said it's going to happen. So, I mean, we're going to break if it you're down gonna, tomorrow. If, if you're going to do it, like do it and do it big. Like do Otani, gear of Hunter Renfro. You know, I know Trout's injured, so like that, you know, obviously you can't. I guess it can't happen anymore, but like really go out and just blow it up and get as much as you can because you blew your opportunity to have two of the greatest baseball players of all time on your team, which is absurd. It's a joke of an organization that they weren't able to put together it, anyway. It's pathetic. It is. It's, it's so pathetic. absolutely pathetic. I mean, we were talking to our, our, our boy AL dub and 
when's the last time you had a Trout Otani on your team? Maybe Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth. <laughs> like, literally. And they won yeah. championship, championship. Hard. And then with, with the Oakland Athletics, I mean, you don't really have much to sell. <laughs> Not many pieces. Maybe, like, see what you can get for Brent Rooker. But that's it. I mean, they have maybe a couple of arms in their bullpen that people can use. I mean, you can never have not have enough good bullpen pieces, but that's really it. I mean, do whatever you can. Agreed. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, fellas, we'll talk more Otani and where he'll go tomorrow. Fisher Disopolis, Snacks Kreider, the DJ. Free throws, hit him. We'll see you guys next time. Enjoy your Mondays. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Stay big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.